Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And they didn't tie rope around their heads to make their heads look larger. No, 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 sir. They were actually aliens. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show. Because that is a spoiler. It certainly is, because what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible before the movie comes out. And this week we are going to have to get a little bit of a wriggle on because we're here to talk about the upcoming Indiana Jones adventure, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which by the time this episode comes out, excitingly enough, is in cinemas. And we'll be watching it. But we certainly will. I'm going to get the biggest popcorn for this I movie. I think game. I will too. I'm excited about that. As well as the movie, but I'm excited about that. Yeah. Now, of course, Maddie D and I don't know any actual spoilers from the movie at this stage. We're going in almost completely blind. I think this is the most ill-prepared I've ever been for a plot prediction since our original Captain Marvel episode. No, I'm about as prepared as I usually am. Okay, fair enough. I usually take copious notes on the, the trailers and the promotional material and, you know, look at interviews with the, the actors and look at what the director said. I've done none of that this week. I haven't really had time. So I've just watched the trailers maybe five minutes before we started this recording. <laughs> and um, I was just sitting there going, oh, there's so much to take in. There's so much to take in. So this is really going to be a blind prediction for me in more ways than one. And uh, one of the reasons that I didn't want to look into this movie too much either is because I was kind of excited for this movie and I kind of didn't want to spoil it for myself in advance by thinking too much about the plot. But, you know, I'm st- I still want to do a plot prediction, so I'm going to have to have, like, uh, the best of both worlds here. Well, it's very lucky that we're doing this together, Kieran. That's so right. We've decided to team up to do this one together. We're with this one. That's right. We're like uh, Indiana Jones and Short Round. We're teaming up to- Short Round, okay. Yeah, <laughs> to do it together. Not Salah, not- uh... Mutt. Okay, you could be, <laughs> okay, you could I'll be, be Mutt. I'll be Mutt. <laughs> Mutt's don't, cool. Why don't you want to be Short Round? There's nothing wrong with Short Round. He's a better character than Mutt, I'll say that. <laughs> But anyway, let's talk about Indiana Jones itself. Matty D, for anyone who might be living in a cave for the last 30 or 40 years, can you briefly explain what the deal with Indiana Jones is? So, Indiana Jones is a callback to sort of the old movie serials of you That's know, right. that, that cheesy, you know- the 1930s, horse, 1940s. Horse runs off the cliff and we cut to, you know, cliffhanger, that sort of stuff. It's mm. about an archaeologist that goes on adventures, usually fighting the Nazis to get a artifact of some description, usually mm. of some mythical or magical, you know, presence. Um, That's right. Yeah, it's 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 pretty much the most famous action movie franchise. That's right, it ever. is probably one of the best known. And uh, of course, it was created by George Lucas. The character of Indiana Jones was created by George Lucas when he was on holidays in between Star Wars movies, <laughs> and he would often spend his holidays on the beach with Steven Spielberg, who was the director of all the Indiana Jones movies, with the exception of this one. Imagine hanging out with those guys. Imagine like the yeah. conversations those guys would have on holidays. Well, interestingly enough, Steven Spielberg. I believe we've talked about this briefly in the past. In, a, in I couldn't tell you which episode it was in, but Steven Spielberg was trying to land a Bond movie. He always wanted to direct a Bond movie. And he was rejected by the Broccoli's, so he never got that chance. But George Lucas, again, when they're on holidays on the beach, he was like, oh, don't worry about that. I've got a character who's going to be cooler than James Bond. And that's where he had this uh, the, the idea, basically, for the character. And you can very much see the influence of James Bond in a lot of the uh, Indiana Jones movies. Specifically, I'm thinking of Temple of Doom, when he comes in at the start wearing the same uh, tuxedo same outfit, that, yeah. that uh, Bond wears in Goldfinger. Yeah. White shirt with the, the red uh, carnation on it. Also inspired by Solomon's Minds, right? Is that I think Solomon's Minds is, yeah, one of the inspirations. But you could go back to so many literary characters. And like I said, you, you mentioned before the movie serials, that this is based on 1930s and 40s movie serials. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of influences. And this is very much like a love letter to 
B-movies, essentially. So George Lucas and Steven Spielberg always said that they intended to make like B-movies, like your standard B-movie with these movies. And then, of course, they ended up becoming like <laughs> huge AAA blockbusters. But they never intended to make anything beyond like a, a solid B-movie with these. So I think we should uh, really temper our expectations with this new movie, not go in with too much hype, even though I, this is probably the only movie this year that I was really excited to see. Till I saw those reviews, but yeah. So, we've had four Indiana Jones movies up until this point. So, of course, we had Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981. Then three years later, we had Temple of Doom, which, of course, was a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then in 1989, we had The Last Crusade. And then all the way in 2008, we had Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And then now, 2023, we're getting Dial of Destiny. So, the gap between movies gets longer and longer each time. you think they would be pumping them out. If this was a modern franchise, they'd be making, like, one of these a year. Yeah. Poor Harrison Ford would be so grumpy. Grumpier. Oh, yeah, definitely. But this is like the one franchise that he really likes. Yeah, he really loves playing Indiana Jones. He's really happy on a lot of the press he's doing, which yeah. is so rare. Like, he's so chipper. And he's so proud of this one as well. Mm. He said that he was really happy to be returning to this character again. And that's that's almost very unusual or alien for Harrison Ford, if you've ever seen him on uh, press tours. Where he's just miserable and he wants his character to be killed off. Yes, exactly. He never wanted this character killed off, surprisingly enough. Now, of course, as well on TV, we had the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which ran from 1992 to 1993. I don't know if you saw any episodes of that. I guess I'll ask about your history in a second. And we had a few video games as well. I didn't bother writing those down because they're not as important, but we can talk about those a little bit as well. So, Manny D, what is your history with Indiana Jones? I'll keep it brief because I think my history probably mirrors yours and a lot of other people's history. Maybe. I grew up with these movies. Uh, first one I saw was Last Crusade and mm-hmm. shortly after the other ones as well. And this is always a movie franchise or a collection of movies that you'd always go to if you want to kill some time. A big university Bunch of films as well that you'd watch when you're in college. I remember you said in our Best Movie Quest episode on Raiders of the Lost Ark, which we released early this week, that uh, it was just on constantly yeah. in your dorm at university. Yeah, I had a housemate that really loved them, especially Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, yeah, uh, they've always been around. I've always enjoyed them. They've always been a lot of fun. You know, it, it is what it is, right? It's just a fun ride. Yeah. Uh, watch Kingdom which of- one's your favourite? Uh, so, yeah, Last Crusade is my favourite. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I always say that one's my favourite. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Oh, yeah, you. I was going to say- <laughs> You punished I- yourself by watching- Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> yes, I did watch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, did you finish it? Released. No, I did not. Okay. Well, I've watched it originally. Yeah, yeah and of course. my opinion of that is a lot similar to a lot of other people's opinions. I did not like it. I did not like the alien yeah. sort of angle they went with. I was telling you off air that uh, my my dad was showing us this on um, on DVD. That's where I first watched it, not okay. in cinemas, but on DVD. Right. And my brother actually deliberately misbehaved, so he got sent to his room so he didn't have to watch the rest <laughs> of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because it was that bad. Wow. Um, so that's that's my experience with that. I also played some of the video games, some of the LucasArts yeah. point-and-click games. I think they did one. Um, they did a Last Crusade one, and they also did uh, The Fate of Atlantis. Fate of Atlantis. So the same a- team who did the Monkey Island games, which we're always bringing up on oh, the show. Love those games. Before they did did Monkey Island, they did uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade as an adventure game. And then, of course, a few years later, Fate of Atlantis, which is a really, really good game, if you ask me. Fate of Atlantis is such a good game. It's one of my favorite point-and-click games. Probably the most faithful Indiana Jones video game that you could play. It's a good one. It's a good one. So, am I a super fan of this franchise? Not really. Do I enjoy them? Yes. Am I excited about this new movie? Yes. I've got good faith that hopefully it'll be good. Yeah. What can I say? They're always a good time. What about you? I'm pretty much, as you thought, the same as you. So, I watched these movies at a very young age. The first one I saw was Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it terrified me. If you remember, we did an episode on uh, 
on traumatic movie moments, and I said that all three of the original Indiana Jones movies traumatized me as a kid. Yeah, and with the fourth one traumatizing you as an adult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I don't think the fourth one is super terrible. No, it's not. It's very much a B movie, which has they were intending to make, but I think the first half is bearable, and then the second half is just unbearable. It becomes a CGI mess at the end, and I never believe anything that we're seeing on the screen. It had a lot of expectations to live up to as well. Yeah. I think, I think people were unfair on it, to be honest. Yeah. Me included. Because I rewatched it as well recently, and I, just through the first hour of the movie, I'm like, this isn't that bad. This isn't as bad as people say it is. And then when the second hour rolled around, it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, when we've got Mutt, when we've got Shia LaBeouf swinging with monkeys, and one's got the same haircut as him, I was just like, no, I can't deal with this. <laughs> this is terrible. And it just gets worse and worse as the movie goes along. Till the big uh, CGI alien climax where just, yeah, I was just completely gone at that point. Completely checked out. Well, I don't think they're going to be referencing that movie in any capacity with this one coming out. So, no, we don't have to worry about it. No, no, no. Well, I think they're going to reference it a little bit just to help keep continuity. But we know Shia LaBeouf's not coming back. Yes, yes. Sorry. So I- we don't have to worry about Mutt Williams. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off with your history. What, what else? What that was pretty much it. Was I've it. also played those games you mentioned. I played a couple of the 3D ones, but I didn't really get into those. They're always just like platformers. It felt like a poor man's uh, Lara Croft, even Tomb though Raider, Tomb Raider yeah. was very much, you know, based on Indiana Jones. But yeah, when when Tomb Raider games already exist, it's hard to see Indiana Jones jumping and wearing the same outfit. It just doesn't work. The same outfit, yeah. Yeah, yeah Lara Croft, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yes. So, uh, I forgot to mention as well, I did watch a couple of episodes of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles recently. I I'd never, those. I'd never watched them as a kid because I always thought they were boring. <laughs> I read a couple of the books when I was a kid that were just, you know, based on the episodes. But did you ever watch any of those? Yeah, I did when they were airing. Oh, no, I would have been too young. I must have watched reruns then, so... Yeah, uh, I remember them and they were okay. Yeah. They were pretty forgettable. I still uh, maintain that. There there was this one episode I watched recently which had Harrison Ford in it. So, he was bookending the story. So, he came in at the start and he came in at the end. And he was basically talking about how he was a jazz musician in Chicago (laughs) dealing with mobsters. And uh, the episode ends with him blowing his his saxophone really loud and causing like a little mini avalanche to catch the bad guys. And it's, not, it's something I never thought I'd see Indiana Jones do, so that was amusing. And uh, Daniel Craig was in one of the episodes as well, a very young Daniel Craig with a mustache, played a villain where in an episode where Indiana Jones teams up with T.E. Lawrence, Lawrence from Arabia. <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia, I should say. It's not from Arabia, otherwise he'd be Arab, not British. Anyway, moving on. So, let's talk about this new movie and what we think is going to happen in it. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg is not directing this one. He was originally attached to direct it up until 2020. Then he was like, oh, there's too much toing and froing with this script. So, this script has been in development since the early 90s. So, they started working on a script for this movie in 1994. Oh, wow. And it's been like back and forth, crossing hands, going to different people. There's been like heaps of fake scripts leaked out. And they're, they're all talking about like... Indiana Jones was going to meet a giant monkey god. All sorts of crazy stuff was happening before they finally settled on, you know, a a, a script back in about 2021. But Steven Spielberg was working on his movie, The The Fablemans. Yeah. So, he, he he wasn't interested in doing this one anymore. So, he handed across the directing reins to James Mangold, who, of course, did Copland back in the 80s, the Sylvester Stallone movie. Who else was in that movie? Can't remember. Anyway, not important. He also did Ford versus Ferrari, which, if you remember, was up for an Academy Award for Best Screenplay back uh, two years ago, last year. And he was also the director of Logan and The Wolverine as well. Let's not forget that, the one with Wolverine <laughs> in Japan, which I haven't seen, but I hear is pretty good. But Logan, I've got to say, again, we've mentioned it before on this show, I really enjoyed Logan. Yeah, it was great. 
So when I heard that he was replacing Spielberg as the director for this movie, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll do a decent job. He also said that he wasn't going to rely on as much CGI as they did in uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So I was excited to hear that. He was very much returning to the practical effects of the original. But, you know, how true that is, I'll take it with a grain of salt. We'll see. I know that they're going to have a lot of de-aging effects in this movie. Which is very interesting. Very expensive as well. Which, by the way, with a budget of nearly $300 million, this is one of the most expensive movies ever made. Wow. It's always funny to think about that as well, because Indiana Jones, which is striving to be a B picture, has these massive budgets. So, it costs a lot of money to make a B movie. (laughs) And, of course, this movie has premiered already at the 76th Cannes Film Festival back on uh, the 18th of May this year. So... People have seen it. People have seen the movie. We weren't invited to that. So, yeah. You know. So, we don't know anything about nope. it. Nope. plot still hasn't leaked at this stage. <laughs> thank goodness for us. And, of course, there was a wave of negative reviews. Yes. Uh, very disappointing to hear. But uh, we yes. can't, we got to take it with a grain of salt. People we- were saying that, like, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is pretty good in comparison. Like you said, yeah, we, we have to take it with a grain of salt. Hey. Critics hated Citizen Kane. Critics hated Shawshank Redemption. True. True. Critics hated a lot of cool things. That is true. I think we've mentioned this before, but critics hated The Joker before that came out. When that uh, premiered at a film festival, people were saying how terrible that was. And then it ended up winning an Academy Award. (laughs) Look at that. What do critics know? Yeah, exactly. But like I mentioned last week, I was super hyped to see this movie. It was the one movie all year that I was really excited to see. And then when I saw those negative reviews, I was like, huh. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah, I had the same reaction. <laughs> so, I very much tempered my expectations. Like, I basically dialed back, my, used the dial of destiny <laughs> to dial to back, dial back expectations. my expectations to basically zero. So, I'm going to go in with a completely fresh mind and just hope to be entertained. And if I end up liking the movie, that's only a bonus. And I'm sure you're the same. Yeah, I've got no expectations. It's been so long since we've had an Indiana Jones movie. It's not something I've been crying out for. Yeah. So, if it's good- Great. If it's okay, great even so. I sort of see these movies like dessert. You know, you're never really asking for it, but if someone offers it to you, you're never going to say no, right? Just as long as the dessert's not shit. Yeah, exactly. As long as it's not a chocolate eclair just full of crap, (laughs) it's fine. But, you know, we'll see what we get. So, I think it's important to point out as well that this is confirmed to be the final Indiana Jones movie. Yes. They're not making another one, and Harrison Ford is not returning to the character. I heard last week, and I did mention last week, that he had retired from acting altogether, but I don't know if that's actually true. I think I I'm just misreading headlines either. here. I don't know either. I've, I've heard him talk on press. I just want to add this in that he is so satisfied with his character. He's happy never to return to it again because he yeah. said he's done everything he's ever wanted to do with this character. And he's 81. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. can't do another one. Yeah. No, he can't. If it takes them as long to make another one as they did between uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and this one, he's going to be dead by the time they make another one. <laughs> They're going to like Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, I know Chris him. Pratt is knocking, but you know he's already got Mario to deal with. So. <laughs> and he wouldn't suit the role at all. No. Oh, ma- maybe. Oh, well, I can't think of anybody except Ford no, doing it, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we we had a solo, so I think if you recast Ford Ugh. or something, it's, it's dangerous territory. Yeah, exactly. We saw that guy. Oh, anyway, so what do we know about this new movie so far, Matty D? So, we've got a few trailers for this movie and a few teasers. Yeah. Uh, I think about like four or five in total. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Which we just happened to watch five minutes before recording we this. We watched them one after the other. So, it looks like uh, something from Indy's past is resurfacing. Yeah. Uh, from what we've read and Nazis seen- Nazis are back in 1968 for some reason. <laughs> from what we've read and seen about this movie, it's confirmed that the movie is going to start with a de-aged uh, flashback of young mm. Indy in one of his journeys. And then the results of that or re- the results of him taking this particular artifact is going to come forward in time to quote-unquote present day. I think it's the uh, same date as the moon landing is when this uh, movie takes place. Right? Uh, I thought it was 68, but the, I, I think the moon landing's 69. in 69. I thought it was 69. 
Um, anyway, so so potentially Indiana Jones can just go and watch On Her Majesty's Secret Service at yes, some point in the yes, movie. There we go. Maybe there'll be a poster for it in the background. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, so He's yeah, just like, I like the other guy better. Indy's uh, meeting up with a, a goddaughter that he has, and the yeah. two of them are trying to, I guess, fight this ex-Nazi that's trying yeah. to reclaim the artifact. We see a lot of classic Indiana Jones stuff. Him pulling out globe the whip, trotting, globe trotting, something um, that was missing from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> hey. They, I think they went to like two countries in that movie. They bounced around in that map sort of sequence at one stage. Yeah. Not as much as the other movies, though. No. Because I like my Indiana Jones movies to have a lot of shoe leather. I like Indiana Jones to be traveling here, traveling there. Yeah. I feel like you don't get your money's worth unless you get that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, did you see the boulder? There was a reference to the oh, boulder. Oh, yeah. Oh, that that's looked true. cool. Yeah, they're, they're, they're exploring temples, so a yeah. lot of exciting stuff. That's all you need. That's all we need. Some car chases, so- and a like, lot to look forward to, to be honest. It's yeah. looking pretty T- good. Dial back those expectations. Okay, sorry, sorry, I'll dial them back. Don't you're get getting too excited. You're getting too excited. <laughs> so, I think that one of the reasons that I feel confident enough to go into this, this prediction very ill-prepared is that these movies are very formulaic. Mm-hmm. On purpose, they follow a, a pretty strict formula. So, if we just hit the beats of those formulas, how can we go wrong? We're already seeing stuff that we want to see in an Indiana Jones movie in the trailers, so we know that they're going to happen. All we got to do is see him go into an old temple, avoid booby traps- Punch a Nazi and that's it. I don't even think we well, need to do happy. a prediction. <laughs> that's we can just it. That's go now. Movie. That's what we want to see. I'm sure that's what they'll do. But let's take a look at the synopsis anyway, just to see if we can draw some more sure. details from that. Now, this is a synopsis that I got last week from Wikipedia because I couldn't find an official website for this movie, surprisingly enough. There's no, like, Dial of Destiny website, so I can't get an official synopsis. So, I shamelessly, shamelessly lifted this uh, description straight from Wikipedia. And it goes as follows. In 1994, American archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones helps colleague Basil Shaw, must be Hobbes' father, against Jürgen Voller, a Nazi, from obtaining a mysterious doll known as the Antikythera. I'm sure that's exactly how you say it. <laughs> 25 years later, what's 25 years after 1944? <laughs> Jones is uneasy over the fact that the US government has recruited former Nazis to help beat the Soviet Union in the competition to make it into space. So, I think the moon landing was in 69, and then the first rocket launch into space was 68. So, I'm pretty sure it is 68. Anyway, he is about to be forced into retirement from his teaching position because of his opposition to the practice. Surprisingly, Basil's daughter, Helena Shaw, Jones's goddaughter, accompanies him on his journey for the Antikythera. Meanwhile, Voller, now a NASA member and ex-Nazi involved with the Apollo moon landing program, wishes to make the world into a better place as he sees fit by obtaining the Antikythera, pitting him up against the archaeologist once again. Now, Matty D, can you read what the plot synopsis is on Wikipedia today? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's some, there's one key difference yes. at the moment. <laughs> yes, so- I read it earlier and I was just like, hold on, <laughs> it's changed now. In 1944, during World War II, American archaeologist Indiana Jones and his colleague Basil Shaw are in Europe to recover artifacts stolen by the Nazis. Mm-hmm. They prevent Jürgen Voller, a Nazi scientist, from obtaining the Archimedes dial. Yeah. There we go. It's now the Archimedes dial, a device capable of time travel. Mm. 25 years later, Jones is uneasy over the fact that the US government has recruited former Nazi to help the Soviet Union in the space race. He's about to be forced into retirement from his teaching position because of his opposition to the practice. Voller, now a NASA member and ex-Nazi involved with the Apollo moon landing program, wishes to make the world into a better place as he sees fit by obtaining the dial, pitting him up against Jones once again. Basil's daughter- This is slightly better written than mine. I'm jealous. Jones's goddaughter, Helen Shaw, accompanies Jones on his journey for the dial. 
So there we go. So it's no longer the Archaeothera. Antikythera. Antikythera, which yeah. actually is a real life artifact. Yes. We, we researched that briefly before the show. And what did it do? It, it, it was said to predict certain events coming up, right? Yeah. Certain, like uh, weather events or something like that. Well, Eclipses, I think- I believe. Yeah, they, it, it predicted like uh, celestial patterns and stuff before they would happen, like when the, the moon would like wane and-, and mm. Bloom, I don't know, blooming Bloom. moon. <laughs> yeah, I think you said eclipses, solar uh, events, things like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's, so it's uh, like a basically a big calendar. It was one of the first analog computers that they were yes. managed, that they managed to find, and, and it was made in ancient Greece. It's yes, it was, and it looks it's more of a stone kind of device, whereas yeah. the dial of destiny, the Archimedes dial, is sort of this gold, beautiful contraption. We so presume that's the Archimedes dial. That's what I think it is. I mean, I'd be surprised if it's anything else, but yeah. Well, it could be a MacGuffin that gets them to the Archimedes dial. Oh, no, we're going to have a fight, aren't we? <laughs> Potentially. We don't have to complicate it as much as these plot synopsises have. No. They're such a mouthful. They are. They are. Well, at least it's the Archimedes dial. That's a little bit easier yes. to say. And remember. Thank you, movie. Yes. All right. Let's talk about who's in this movie. And as is standard practice when we do all of our team-up episodes, let's talk a little bit about the characters we go and what we think their impact in this movie is going to be. So, we'll basically nut out a lot of the plot as we go through the the cast list. So, first of all, returning as the character of Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. Do we really need to explain what he's done? No, uh, I don't think we do. We've talked about him before on this show. We have, and we know what he's going to be like in Indiana Jones. What impact do you think Indiana Jones is going to have in Indiana Jones, buddy? (laughs) Hey, Kieran, I heard on one of the press that he did, one of the interviews, that he described this character as fish out of water in the modern world. And that concerns me because I don't want to see- What do you think that all mean? He's an old man in a modern world. Okay. So, he's still dressed like it's the 1930s, even though it's (laughs) 1968. And he's probably like, you know, upset about certain things, certain trends, maybe. I don't want the COVID vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) In 1968, yeah. the COVID vaccine. Yeah, well, the Dial of Destiny told them that COVID <laughs> was going to happen. And so, he's just like, oh, let's do nothing about it. Anyway, uh, I, I'm seeing we're going to get two different Harrison Fords in this movie. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a de-aged young Harrison Ford, or Harrison Ford's young face on a young man's body. And then we're going to get shuffling old 81-year-old Harrison Ford playing a 70-year-old Indiana Jones. For an 81-year-old man, he looks fantastic. Yeah. Remember how people used to say in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull how he was super old looking in that? Oh, my Going God. Going back and watching the movie, I'm like, he doesn't look that old. No. He, he only looks a couple of years older than he was back in 1989 when he did Last Crusade. So, he looked pretty good back in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He looks old now. It's very much Indiana Jones and the nursing home of doom now. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that he's still doing stuff. And the dial of bingo. And I'm sure his stunt double's going to have a real workout <laughs> Yes, <laughs> this movie, too. But yeah, uh, hopefully he's punching Nazis. Hopefully he, uh, he <laughs> gets cane. He gets beat up and makes those great sort of like hurt acting faces that he always does. Yeah. Always want to see that. With his cane, you said. <laughs> Playing the character of Helena Shaw is Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who, of course, we've talked about before. She wrote No Time to Die. And she was also in Fleabag, which I believe she wrote as well. Yes. And she was the most annoying character in Solo, A Star Wars Story, where she played L7. Look- that is an achievement to be the most annoying character in that movie because there yes. was a lot of annoying characters. So. so, you already has a connection to Harrison Ford. I didn't mind Solo, the droid. I didn't mind the that. droid. There was people I hated worse, mainly Solo, to be honest. Okay, fair Maybe enough. Maybe Han Solo in that movie. Yeah, I really hated the character of L7. So, <laughs> I'm hoping she's all right. So, what do you think Helena Shaw's impact is going to be in so this movie? Obviously, she's the buddy of Indiana Jones. She might act a little yeah. bit as an audience surrogate. I think. Obviously, she- not the love interest. No, no. I think she's going to be more academic than the kind of bruiser fly by the by the seat of his pants, Indiana Jones. That's sure. my thinking. Right. She's going to be competent in her own way. Yes, is, is my thinking. 
And what that means essentially is she's not exactly like Indiana Jones, but she's got a lot of guff and competence mm. in her own way that they're sort of like yin and yang. So, they complement each other in their in their actions yes. in their, in, in their thoughts as well in their uh, intelligence i suppose Absolutely. i should say i'm reading a description here slippery charming the girl next door a grifter okay interesting so she's going to pickpocket indiana jones at some point <laughs> i guess that means she's street smart maybe yeah of course of course she's street smart she's got her own short round as well which we'll talk about in a second so next up playing the character of jürgen voller is mads mickelson hey who of course i think we've talked about before mm, he hasn't really been in one of our movies but of course he was lashif in Casino Royale, he was Hannibal in that Hannibal TV show. Yes. And he's playing two separate characters in the Star Wars universe. He was Galen Erso in, in Rogue One, and he's going to be Admiral Thrawn in the upcoming Ahsoka series. So, two <laughs> yeah. different. he's in Indiana Jones, Star Wars, and James Bond. It's kind of cool because you said- uh, Always villains, by the way. This was originally supposed to be a Bond movie. Well, not really a Bond movie, but that was- Inspired by inspired. Bond. Yeah. And now we've got a Bond villain yes, as, as the, the villain. villain. Perfect. He's double dipping into all the biggest franchises. So, what do you think Jürgen Voller's impact on this movie is going to be? Straight villain. I think maybe they're going to play it like he has some weird rationale of why what he's doing is correct. I bet you anything, the modern day, well, 1968, Voller is going to be like, oh, you know, me being a Nazi is a thing of the past. You've got to get past that Indiana Jones when, you know, secretly he's doing evil stuff the whole yeah. time. And it, everyone's going to look at Indiana Jones like he's the jerk. They're like, why can't you just let it go, man? Just because he's German doesn't mean he's a Nazi. And it's like, well, he, he literally was a Nazi. Yeah. I punched him in the face when he had glasses on, <laughs> and as is standard. And based on the trailer as well, he thinks the Nazis have failed and he wants to continue. He wants to be way. the new Hitler. Yeah. He wants to get the dial and then somehow use it to be uh, the new ruler of the free world, basically. Correct the mistakes How's he gonna do of that? the past. Yeah. How do you reckon he's going to do that? How is he going to use the dial to- Yeah. We've got to discuss it. Well, I get, I'm thinking the dial is some kind of time travel device. What's funny is before we started recording, you actually mentioned that to me. You're like, I think the dial is a time travel device. And I went, that's silly. And then we read it on Wikipedia <laughs> like two minutes later. But we read it on Wikipedia too. So true. Take that with a grain of salt. So this might all be bullshit that someone's written in there to throw us off. I mean, dial of destiny kind of just, and, and seeing them use the clock. Just- and they've got to do something sort of ethereal and mystical yeah. with this dial in some in some way. And what haven't they done? Time travel. And I think the story of this movie is going to be- the past, you know, and, and now we're in the present because, of course, they've got that flashback scene and yeah. mistakes of the past, fixing this past, how you can't fix the past, how how you need to move on, how Indiana Jones needs to move on. I think that's going to be the message of the movie and how yeah. this character, the villain, is going to be trying to change things in the past so he comes out the winner or his yeah, philosophy comes out the winner. Uh, that's what I think. Fair enough. So, next up playing the character of Ronaldo is Antonio Banderas, who, of course, we've talked about before where he was the pirate king in uh, Doolittle. (laughs) Now, who is Ronaldo? He's a boat captain, I believe. He's a friend of Indiana Jones, right? Uh, He captains boats. Yep. Boat captain, That's as I described. An old friend of Indiana Jones is what I'm yeah. seeing here. So, he's going to ferry them around somewhere, and that's probably about it. He has a, he has a really strong connection with India, from what I'm seeing. Okay. That he- uh, they're, they're very- they've, they go I saw him back. once in all of the trailers, so I'm <laughs> guessing he's not in the movie that much. No. He might be in a scene or two. Mm-hmm. I always feel like, you know, he's going to be the person who's going to betray Indiana Jones. Like, he's going to- I know it's not World War II anymore, but he'd be like the one who's secretly working for the Nazis- you know, ferries them. That would, yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, that's but that's, that's not going to happen in '68, though. Yeah, true, true. That's a typical indie swerve. Unless though. he's he's secretly working for Voller. That's that could be likely. I'm saying that he describes the role as in Antonio as a cameo appearance. So you're right. Okay, I think great. He's not going to be in one scene that much. Yeah. So let's not focus on him any more than that. So returning as the character of Sulla is John Reese Davies. Yay! We I am the monarch of the sea. 
I am the ruler of the Queen's Navy. I'm glad that he's back. Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. General Pushkin from uh, James Bond. So we have another actor who's been in Indiana Jones, James Bond, and Lord of the Rings. Pulling in all the uh, big franchises. What a career. He was two people in Lord of the Rings. He was Treebeard as well. Yeah. So there you go. But yeah, he's returning as Sala. They actually wanted him to come back as Sala in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but he was like, nah, (laughs) not doing it. Sorry. So I don't know how they convinced him to do it this time. Maybe he hates uh, Steven Spielberg and he's just like, I'll come back if there's no Spielberg. (laughs) I doubt that, though. Everyone seems to love Spielberg in these movies. But yeah, Salah, uh, my guess is glorified cameo. That would be glorified my- Glorified cameo. So we're going to see him in one scene, which is literally just going to be fan service. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be a treat for the fans to have Salah. Yeah. So he's not going to be joining, because he feels like- I feel like he's older than Harrison Ford at this yeah, stage. Yeah. I, I, we had we saw a conversation that the two had in the trailer as an Indian Salah, where Salah's like, oh, it's time to move on. We're not those guys anymore. So. Yeah. I'm retired, Indy. I used to be the best digger in Egypt. <laughs> now I'm the best retired digger in Egypt. <laughs> So, yeah, he'll turn up in the same way that, like, Gaff did in uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yes. Just so the fans can be like, oh, look, hey, he's back. It's him. And then that's it. Yep. Glad we're on the same hey, page Hey, we'll love it when we see it, though. Yeah, of course, of course. So, next up, playing the character Basil Shaw. He's a new character, and obviously the father of Helena Shaw is Toby Jones, best known as Dobby in the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, that was a voice-only role, but I saw him first in The Mist, I believe, and he was uh, Arnim Zola. In the Marvel movies, he was like a villain. Yes, he was in the he was in the Marvel movies. And yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, all I can pull out here. So he's going to be a friend of Indiana Jones in the, uh, 1944, I believe. We think. Mm-hmm. Well, we see that in the trailer. We see him with de-aged Indiana Jones, and obviously something's going to happen to him in 1944, where he's not going to be around in uh, 1968. Yes. That's my theory anyway. You agree? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you reckon he's killed during the opening scene? Well, that's what I thought, but I thought I saw him in modern day. I don't think we ever saw him in modern day. And he'd have to be really old too. I guess he would have to die then. And that's what brings- uh, Well, that's uh, that's the connection between Indy and Helena. Helena into the fold, yeah. Yeah. But as a character, I think he's going to be kind of bumbling, almost comic relief. The yeah. guy Indy has to save. That's, that's what right. we're seeing in the trailer. Oh, right? absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of like Marcus. Oh, God, I miss Yes. Marcus. <laughs> well, he's not going to be in this movie, unfortunately, no. since uh, Denim Elliott died uh, decades ago. So, next up, playing the character of Teddy Kumar is Ethan Isidore. Very close to a sealed door from Lord, from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and he is Helena's sidekick. He's going to be Helena's short round in this movie. I saw him in one or two scenes in the trailer. He was in a tuk-tuk with Helena. So it seems like he's uh, Helena's buddy. Uh, he's probably a pickpocket with Helena. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And it looked like he was in Tangier as well. So mm-hmm. what do you reckon this character's impact is going to be? I don't think this character's going to do a lot other than being in a few scenes here and there. And it's going to yeah. show Helena's sort of humanity. I reckon Helena- kids. Yeah, yeah, I think Helena will be introduced alongside Teddy. Like they're, they're working together when uh, she meets Indiana Jones for the first time. Or she uses Teddy, uses very loosely to, to help her and Indy's yeah. agenda somehow. So I think they, they've worked together a lot in the past. They're friends. And then, you know, she and- Teddy wind up uh, connected with Indiana Jones and he sort of helps them out a little bit on their adventure. Well, we do see in the trailer, or we do hear in the trailer that Helena says, I stole the dial from Indiana Jones. Yes. So, maybe Teddy helps with that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But then it's just going to be in uh, Helena and Indy adventure as they go on to Globetrot. Yeah. That's my belief. Teddy dies in the movie. No, I don't think he'll (laughs) die. They'll just leave him behind in Tangier. Mm -hmm. So, next up playing the character of Mason, who is a US government agent, is Seanette Renee Wilson. I just wanted to mention her. 
Don't think she's going to be in the movie very much. No. Just going to have the government presence, really. Yeah, that's right. Because let's not forget that uh, Indiana Jones was basically in the CIA at one yes. point. During World War II, he was uh, an undercover agent over in Russia. So, he worked for like whatever the organization was before the CIA. It was like the secret operatives or something like that. The Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. But yeah, he did that working with MI6, we found out in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, <laughs> which is very interesting. So, we do know that Indiana Jones has some ties with the government. We know that he has some connections there anyway, so yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll turn up. She will. She's probably involved with the NASA space program in some way as well, who and, knows? And sort of introduce the link with, uh, you know, Volo. Sure, that sounds good. That sounds good <laughs> that to sounds me. Good you. <laughs> so, last but not least, returning as the character of Marion Ravenwood is Karen Allen. Yes. All the way back from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull yes. as well. That's the last time we saw her. Yeah. Well, I can guarantee you she's only going to be in this movie as a cameo because we don't see her in any of the trailers. She's just here to acknowledge that, yes, Indiana Jones is still married to Marion. They didn't break up again. And don't worry, fans, you know, he wasn't a jerk a second time around. No, no, no. He's not going to be sleeping with any of his students anymore. No. Or Helena. <laughs> That's why I said Helena's not a love interest, because he's married. Because usually the formula is it's just like Indiana Jones with a woman who's the love interest on the adventure. That's what it's been in the other four movies. I guess we're going to have something slightly different here where he's got like a, a young woman with him who isn't the love interest. She's his equal. Interesting. And of course, who did they hire to be that? Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> Makes sense. All right, let's get into what we think is going to actually happen in this movie. Let's do it. I have one note written down here. Let us, let's hear your note. I said they can't kill off Indiana Jones in this movie since he's an old man in the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And those are considered canon. Because so many people are predicting like, oh, they're going to kill off Indiana Jones at the end of this movie since the last one. They're definitely going to do that because, you know, they're thinking about no time to die. I think that's a popular theory and I could see why people think that. I agree with you. I don't think they're killing him off. No. Simply because Harrison Ford is so attached to the character, True. I think he wouldn't be cool with him dying. No. And like I said, he's still alive. He's 93 in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, so okay. he has to live to be that age. He also has to lose his eye since the old Indiana Jones has an eye patch. I don't know if they'll do that. They won't do that. In this movie. Um, but- no, I, I think it's more likely that Indiana Jones will walk off into the sunset, and I think that's what well, everyone wants to see. If you think about it, I know we've jumped straight to the end of the okay, movie here. Yeah, that's okay. If we've- you think about it, we've got time travel, so he could die, and then he gets brought back to life through time travel. If they do that, I will be so pissed. I don't want another fucking mummy movie where they do that. That's that's going to suck. Okay, but they probably are going to do that now that you say that. Yeah. Oh. Let's say, oh. for the sake of our sanity, that that doesn't happen. Let's say that Phoebe- Phoebe- What's her name? Helena. Let's say that Helena Shaw is killed off and then she's brought back with the doll rather than Indiana Jones. Because if they do it with Indiana Jones, it will be cheap. It'll feel cheap, won't it? I guess they kind of did that in Last Crusade with yeah. Henry Jones. Exactly. So, I guess it's fitting. Yeah. You know, now that I'm seeing that they might do that, actually. Oh, no. But it'll be such a cheap sort of like tear-jerking moment if they kill off Indiana Jones only to bring him back in the next scene. Yeah. Like, that feels so cheap. If you did it with a character we care less about, Helena, for example, sure. then it's not going to feel as cheap. And it's going to be like, oh, our hero, you know, he's making a big sacrifice. He's doing all this stuff to, to make sure that this young woman lives and has a life. Yeah. That feels like better writing, to be honest. Sure. I, I, I think- I did note that six people wrote this movie. Oh, wow. That's always bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did have the writer of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull on this, working on this as well, so- Well, they just invited him just, you know- Yeah. For his- Yeah. He looks at it and goes, oh, you put Marion in there, good. My contribution <laughs> from the last movie is, is there. Hey, I've got some notes, guys. Oh, yeah. Cool. Takes them and just scrunches, scrunches them, them up. Throw them in. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thanks, buddy. All right. So we know how this movie is going to open, but let's just go through it for the sake of clarity for sure. everyone. So it's going to open in 1944. Mm-hmm. We have a childhood flashback. No, we've already done a childhood flashback in Last Crusade, yes. which was great. One of the best childhood flashbacks in cinema history. We were like gushing over that childhood flashback. Yeah, um, we were on a long drive. On a long drive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so we have a flashback to 1944, which is, you know- couple of years before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, about 10 years before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So, we have D.H. Harrison Ford alongside, what's his name, Shaw? Basil Shaw, his good friend. And uh, we see that they end up on a Nazi train. How do we get to that scenario? I don't know. Well, because they're driving through the city, right? We probably start- I don't think we see them driving through the city. I don't remember that. We know that in modern day, he ends up in a city. I thought that was in the flashback. The only thing I remember from the flashback from the one time that I watched the trailers was the train sequence. So, I thought he was jumping between cars in the flashback. Are you saying that's old Indiana Jones? Uh, It could be. I couldn't really tell. (laughs) He's wearing a uniform, right? Yes, that's right. So, he's disguised- And it looks like a Nazi uniform. Both him and Basil are disguised as Nazis. Okay. So, obviously, they're disguising themselves as Nazis to sneak onto this train, which obviously- They're stealing the dial. Voller, Jürgen Voller is our main Nazi villain. He's on the train with the dial. Makes sense. Nazis have stolen the dial- well, we yeah. know from the, the brief that Indian Shaw are going around stealing back Obviously, artifacts. we start with an action scene because- <laughs> Yes, of course. Pretty much every Indiana Jones movie starts with yeah. an action scene in some, in some regard. But these two are stealing back artifacts. That's what they're doing from the Nazis, yeah. that is. Makes sense that the Nazis have stolen something. They've got, they're on a train. They're transporting it back to presumably Germany. Yeah. And uh, Indy and Shaw are sneaking on the train to get this dial. Yeah, disguising themselves as Nazis. And of course, it's going to go wrong. Yes, that's of right. Of course, they're going to They're going to be caught trying to- they're going to be caught red-handed trying to get the, the dial back. Yep. They get into a gunfight. We saw that there's a, like a big anti-aircraft gun on the train that they're firing like at the, the rear carriages on the train. And uh, Indiana Jones decides, like, we're going to run towards the gun. And Basil's not having that at all. Yeah. And the train compartment's going to be blown up. It's going to be awesome. As they go along. No, dial back those expectations. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I keep-, I keep, I keep It'll be passable. I keep forgetting. It'll be okay. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And we have young D.H. Harrison Ford the whole time here. And we really hope and we cross our fingers that the effect looks convincing. Yes. Okay, here's an idea. By the way, this sequence goes for 25 minutes, so okay. we're going to stretch it out a little bit. Here's an idea, right? Because the classic Indiana Jones thing is that we don't see him until, you know, we see his silhouette or something and then it's revealed that it's Indiana Jones. I think that they- That's when- true. We're not going to see Indy at the start, and we're Correct. unless we've seen this, unless we've seen the um, you know trailer, we're just going to think it's just a regular Nazi coming through. Yeah, like, good idea. Vola calls over a Nazi, and then camera pans camera around. Pans around. De- no, no, he's got a bag on his head. He's captured. They're <sighs> captured by the Nazis. He's got a bag on his head, and we finally see Indiana Jones for the first time when the bag is pulled off his head. Yes. So they've been captured yes. at the start of the movie. They come Wait, in. they did the exact same thing in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I just realized. But we they see did. We, we see it in the trailer, though. That was so, a good opening, though. Yeah, it was. Like I said, first half of that movie, completely fine. Well, maybe it doesn't start like that necessarily. Maybe- I think the bag coming off there has to be the reveal that it's young Indiana Jones. You think so? Because I yeah. thought we could have the reveal- Like I said, we see it in the trailer. Could have them fight, caught red-handed, brings to Vola, reveal, like, bag goes off head. But you're thinking the bag is going to be the reveal? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm happy to go with that. Uh, so, the start of the movie, they get brought to Vola, bag goes off head. Yeah. And then we got to work out- Vola It gets belongs in a museum. <laughs> oh, I love the punches in Indiana Jones movies. Like, whenever Indiana Jones punches anybody- in these movies, they always have this really loud whoosh sound effect. Also, there was the hat there. Oh, it was Vola's hat, right? Yeah, I think so. Takes yeah. off Vola's hat. Punches, punches him in the face. face. Yeah. He like sucker punches him. So, how does he get unbound then? Vola unbounds him. Yeah, presumably so. Yeah. 
for whatever reason. Maybe he- Show me how this dial works. Yeah, but let's work together, Mr. Jones, Dr. Jones. Let's work, yeah. let's work together, da-da-da-da-da, who knows. Uh, and then Indy punches him, takes the dial, runs, and that's what's going to be our action scene, right? They go on top yeah. of the train. Let's throw a car chase in there as well. Once they get off the, the train, they jump in cars, mm. and the Nazis chase them in cars, because why not? You, you, you thought that they were jumping between cars in that flashback yep. sequence. Why not insert it here? So, they could jump off the train, you know, do that whole, like, rolling off the hill, then get yeah. into the town. The Nazis are still pursuing them. They're driving around. Wouldn't it be great if they jumped off the train and landed, like, at a Nazi checkpoint? So, there's just a whole bunch <laughs> yes! of Nazis waiting there. Yes. Like that scene great. in Star Wars where, uh, well, Harrison Ford, of all people, Han Solo runs into the room just full of stormtroopers. Like, he's chasing them and he goes around a corner and they just run into a room full of stormtroopers. Yep. I know that's only in the special edition. The Originally, the stormtroopers just hit a dead end, turned around and ran the other way. <laughs> yes. But I think it's funnier that he runs into a room just full of stormtroopers. <laughs> I love that too. But so, yeah, imagine they jump off and they land at a Nazi checkpoint. They're like, shit, and they have to steal a car. And, and that's very Indiana Jones, right? Yes. Oh, we're, we're safe. Oh, no. It's always out of the frying pan and into the fire Guns stuff. Guns pointed at me, more action, and finally they get on a boat or something or they just drive away. The Nazis can't catch them or whatever. Yep. And Indiana Jones, I think, unveils this dial. I think it's going to be covered. This is just we a see that like picture. If it is the dial in the trailer, we see that it's revealed through fire at one point. Right, it's like covered in wax, right? Yeah, I believe. And they so. melt it, and the dial is revealed. So I think the dial is going to be revealed then. Okay. And then you know when they've got a quiet moment outside of the action scene, and then we're going to jump to. Our present day, in quotation marks, sure. which is 1968, 1969. Yeah. And what's going on in 1968 when we- We can settle down a little bit now. We've had our opening action scene. <laughs> now we can have a little bit of character development. So, obviously, Indiana Jones is still going to be working at the- uh, University. The university. He's a professor with tenure now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently, he's being forced out because he's against the uh, the ex-Nazis working on the- What is it? The Soviet NASA mission or something yeah. like that? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. I'm not, I'm not sure how that works into the plot. So- yeah, I don't know either. But so, I don't think we're going to start there, of course. No, I think we're going to have a lecture yes. by Indy just to introduce, like- It's just idea. all guys in the audience. All, all sleeping guys. He's really boring now. Maybe he doesn't he have the appeal of, like, the young women anymore. That Maybe that's a maybe thing. Maybe he's trying to, like, he winks at, like, a, a girl and she's like, ew. <laughs> I was looking at the projector he was using and- We're all hippies. It was, uh, like, I, th- I thought I saw, like, a UFO or something. That got me worried, by the way. Oh. And I didn't know. I, I was like, maybe he talks about Archimedes. Maybe they're introducing the- I saw a UFO. Sure thing. Doctor, <laughs> sure thing, sure thing. This crazy lecturer who's insane. Um, he's like John Hurt in the last movie. Yeah. <laughs> Ox. But maybe they introduce. Yes, maybe they introduce the idea. Charlotte Buff's just there blubbering. Archimedes, because that's a big play in this movie that I'm seeing. Um, the mathematician that is. That's true. The lecture usually somehow relates to something going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Whether he's explaining it to government agents or he just happens to be talking about, you know, the difference between fact and myth. Mm. It usually always relates. So I guess he'd be could be talking about Archimedes. Archimedes bath. Let me demonstrate by getting into this bath in front <laughs> of you all. cogs in the bath. Yeah. And then I think the the lecturers, the teachers, the heads or whatever come and collect him. Do you think Jim Broadbent is still going to be like the Marcus replacement in this movie? He's Who not knows? credited. Who knows? I don't think so. I don't think so either. It's going to be just some note. Comes name. in and goes, everybody gets their just desserts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that'd be great. I, I forgot he was in that movie yeah. until I rewatched it. Rewatched half of it, by the way. But yes. like- I was like, only in that one scene, so. Hey, it's the guy from Bullard Rouge. Maybe they'll have a statue of him. Next to Marcus. (laughs) Next to Marcus. And then the head of that statue will fall off. (laughs) I like to think that the statue of Marcus has been, like, taped back in place. 
Um, so maybe NASA tried to get Indy's help in some capacity. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah. Government has ties with him and he refuses because he's outspoken against them hiring this Nazi, right? Well, surely he would uh, come and be involved in this NASA program in some way. I don't know why. It doesn't seem like his area of expertise. And he's shocked to discover. He might even see it on the news that Voller is now working with the US government on this uh, space project. And he's like, hang on, that guy was an evil Nazi. He's probably up to no good. I think that's going to be a reveal that he gets brought into a room and then he becomes, and then he comes face to face with Voller. Yes, that's good. And then he's like, what? And they're like, oh, he's a good guy now. And Voller's going to be Wait, it seems really like he, smug. Looking at the trailers, it seems like he meets him face to face for the first time in Tangier. Because he says during that scene, like, oh, your face looks familiar. Oh, so, like I said, it might be easier if, like, he sees him on TV or something. Sees that, like, they're talking about the, the NASA project and they okay. have to show his photograph and he's just like, hold on. Because the retirement has to happen early on. Yeah. It's to kind of kickstart this whole thing. Yeah, okay. This is where it gets complicated. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Maybe the what trailers and the promotional materials and Wikipedia is lying here. Let's just make up our own movie. Okay. What makes sense to us. So, let's go keep going back down the track you were saying. So, obviously, you were saying, like, he'd be brought into to NASA- he ends up coming face to face with Voller, going, "Hold on, this guy used to be a Nazi." I'm and not going to wait. Just, just because he, like we said earlier, just because he's a German doesn't mean he's a Nazi, Doctor Jones. But no, he really is a Nazi. Oh, can't you put this behind you and you know, blah 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 yeah, blah blah. And Voller's going to be really smug and really yes. pleasant, and yes, yeah. And it's going to look like Indiana Jones is the asshole in the situation, kind of like LeChuck in Tales of Monkey Island. Oh come on, no one's going to understand that reference. We've got, like, one person who'll understand that reference. Well, we're encouraging people to play Monkey Island. Fair enough. If there's anything this podcast will do, it'll do that. So, Voller's got, like, this big belt buckle on that makes, like, (laughs) magically makes people trust him. (laughs) Yes, of course. It's like an upside-down swash digger, which is just a swash digger. It's the uh, buckle of destiny. Anyway, so, we're going to say that. We're going to say he meets them and- Sure. Like I said, it's got to be- We've got to put him in the awkward situation of Indiana Jones- Looks like he's in the wrong when he knows he's in the right, but everyone thinks he's in the wrong and yep. he gets forced out of his job because they think like this old guy's, you know. He's a relic of the past. They're yes. going to drill that He's home. a fish out of water in, in a modern world. So, he's got to pack up everything in his cardboard box, all these ridiculous trinkets that he's got and he's going to oh, die from the universe. I forgot to mention the character of Kleber, mm-hmm. who's being played by uh, Boyd Holbrook who was one of the villains. He was the guy with the robot arm in Logan. Cool. He was one of the villains. He's playing uh, Voller's henchman in this. Right. Is he the heavy or the- Yeah, he's dragon? the heavy. Okay. He's the heavy. So, he has a, a mustache. Oh. And he's a German. Everybody who has a mustache is a bad guy. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's a true fact. But Facts. yeah, I forgot to, to mention him. So, Voller has this sidekick in 1968, mm-hmm. who's- uh, What was his name? Kleber. I think that guy then will be- He's essentially the dragon. Yeah, I think he'll be the bad guy that Indy's chasing, and then we'll, it'll be revealed that he's working with Voller. Because we do see there's an action scene that we're going to have to have pretty early on, where Indiana Jones ends up in a horse and motorcycle chase in a parade yeah. in what looks like New York, or just in a modern 1968 uh, yeah. city. Yes. How the, How is that So, we're going to work in? that in. Okay. So, let's slow down. <laughs> this he, is a tough one. This is tough. Yeah. But we don't care if we don't predict this because we want to be surprised. Yes, okay. So, right. he retires. He, he's forced to retire. Yeah. He leaves. Everyone's sad. Gets a visit. I think it's a good time to introduce We're going to introduce Helen. our government agent as well. Well, wouldn't the government agent Mason. be involved with the NASA thing? Maybe sure. she's the one that meets, like, brings- vo- Yeah. Brings okay. Good, good point. All right. So, we don't need to crowbar her in any further. Yeah. And All she's right. just like- you're either with us or you're against us. <laughs> and he's like, I'm against you. It's like, okay, say goodbye to university job. We don't want old relics like you at the university. Yeah, it makes him look bad in his job. Or maybe he was going to retire. Maybe they were pushing him out and they were going to offer him an opportunity to stay. Are we going to see a little bit of home life with Marion? 
We've got to throw that in. We've got to give her a little bit of a bone. Yeah. Well, then he goes home. Ah, oh, they're kicking me up, Marion. He's sad. He's pretty much Clint Eastwood in all of his later movies. Yes. It's like, life is unfair. And Marion's like- Get some Mexicans to get off his lawn. You want to do some shots? They dr- get drunk together? Oh, man, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be good. <laughs> she drinks him under the table because she can still like have this massive alcohol tolerance. Yeah. And we got to introduce- Are we going to still gloss over the fact that you slept with me when I was underage? Yeah, let's ignore that. <laughs> yep. Because they're married now. It's okay. He was 10 years older than her, by the way. Yeah. She was 15 and he was like 25. Oh, jeez. But they always gloss over that. Anyway. Well, there was a lot of questionable things he did in those early movies. That's true. He always was morally grey, but yeah. Yeah. They're married now, so it's okay. Okay. So- They really Charlie Chaplin it, (laughs) if anyone gets that reference. Unless Marion is introduced in a flashback and not in modern day. No, she's going to be in modern day. Modern day. Because we have to establish that he's still married because otherwise the last movie was a waste of time. It better not just be a picture of her or something. Oh, man. If it's a pit, No, the actor is actually in the movie. Karen Allen is actually in the movie. So, it is just going to be a little cameo. So, uh, do you reckon like a telegram or something like that, a letter comes out? Look who's come to visit. It's Sala. What are you doing? I am the monarch of the sea. I've come to have dinner. (laughs) Could you imagine that? (laughs) That'd be great. I'd love that. Because it looks like Sulla is in America. Jesus, there are too many characters. Yeah, how are we going to do How are we going to shoehorn all these in? Uh, I think we're going too, like, low level. Like, I think we're going too minutia when we should be focusing on the, the bigger picture. stuff. Yeah, focusing okay. on the bigger picture. So, to break it down, action scene at the start in the flashback. Yep. He retires, meets Helena at this point. No. No? No, that happens later. Oh, yes, because he's going to track the dial and then That's right. Helena with the dial. Correct, because she steals that from him. Or he takes the dial and gets- Because Helen is after the dial because presumably Basil was sort of like, in the same way that like Indiana Jones' own father, Henry, was obsessed with the Holy Grail. Presumably Basil was obsessed with the dial and had all this research and probably told her about it. And so she's after it because she sort of sees it as like almost like her birthright or something that her father never obtained in his life. So she wants to sort of achieve that for herself, presumably- Right. And which is why she ends up stealing it from Indiana Jones and, you know, all so this So, Indiana Jones happens. has it at this stage? Not at this stage. We haven't quite got there yet. We're still in America. Okay. So, I want to talk about what happens in the parade. Okay. Well, let's talk about that now. So, yeah. Okay. There's a parade for some reason. This is slightly after the Indiana Jones has been forced to retire. We've seen Marion at this stage. Um, what is he doing at a parade? The only thing that I could see happening is if he was, like, in his office- and then, uh, what's his name? Uh, Claver comes into his uh, office, sort of like in uh, the video game, um, the Lost City. What was the Atlantis one? Like Claver turns up under the guise of being like a visiting student or whatever, and then yeah. it turns out he's there to assassinate Indiana Jones as like revenge from Vola, because Vola's like this guy's the only guy who knows that I used to be a Nazi. So if we get him out of the picture, send around my uh, heavy Claver to the university to to get rid of him. This leads to a, a chase, like a, a foot chase, which leads to him stealing a horse. Kleber jumps on a motorcycle. They end up going through a, a parade. I love that. Could I add something to it? Maybe sure. the reason Kleber goes there is to collect the Dial of Destiny, which they think Indiana Jones has, but he does not have it. Because um, how would Vola or you know any of them know where the Dial is? Well, I think Vola's going to get the Dial himself, or maybe he already has it. I don't think so. I don't well, think he so. Has it, they, I think it. they get the, the Dial from Tangier, because there seems to be like a big- meeting of thugs where Indiana Jones gets his whip out and telling everyone to get back. Yes. Yeah. So, I think that's where the dial comes into the picture. And that's, of course, where um, well, I'm saying Helena comes into the picture too. I'm saying the dial may not be with Indy, but they think it's with Indy. So, they attack Indy. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they're trying to get in- more information about the dial 
yeah. from Indy. Because it was last seen with but him. But he's just like, I don't know. Yeah. And so Indy's like, okay, they're after this dial. All right. So I rather than just- down. Rather than sending Kleber in as like just a hitman to kill Indy because of all the stink he's, he's creating about uh, Volo being an ex-Nazi, instead he, he's come around to get more information about the- uh, because Indiana Jones has made himself aware, like he's made himself known to Voller. And he's like, ah, this guy will know what happened with the dial all those years ago. Yes. Yeah, good point. I mean, the US government would know he's a Nazi, so I don't know why he'd be trying to silence Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. So, I think it makes more sense. And then yes. it makes- It puts yes, the you're dial right. Right. on Indiana Jones's radar. That's right. It's like, oh, okay, they're after this. I need to find out what happened to this dial before this Nazi guy. Yes. Who may not even realise it's Volo who's behind it. Because be presu- like we're presuming that in the opening sequence, Indiana Jones got away with the dial. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he- How did it end up in Tangier? <laughs> Yeah, but there's a, there's an opportunity for more- Maybe damage. there was a great museum in Tangier. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you donated it to a museum. Could have left it with Sala. No, I don't know about that. Okay. That seems like a big Could have left it with somebody, right? Somebody he trusted. Take yeah. care of this. Hide this. And it's been like 30 years, so uh, who knows what's happened to the doll. It's changed a lot of hands. Or Shaw around. took it somewhere, so he's yeah, now like- that's it. Yeah, Shaw took it. He left it with Shaw. Shaw ended up in Tangier. Mm-hmm. That's why Helen is in Tangier. Shaw's dead, so they have to like- Yes. They're tracking- So, Shaw mean, that means Shaw can't die during the opening scene. Yep. This is going to be so confusing where we have to give ourselves points in the future for this. But anyway, <laughs> Shaw doesn't die in the opening scene, but he is killed at some point in Tangier. He had the dial. The, the bad guys have taken it. They're and sort now of now like- they're tracking down Shaw's clues that he left- Sure. Either okay. deliberately or unintentionally to find out where the dial is now. Yep. And so there's three people all after the dial. Yep. That's right. Helena being one of them. Well, I believe that some sort of like group of criminals or thugs, they have like this big meeting that Indiana Jones end up crashing. If you remember, they all he yes. takes out his whip and they all point their guns at him and he has to duck under the table. It looks like the dial changes hands in that meeting and I think there someone has got the dial. Maybe a bunch of criminals in Tangier. Okay. Killed, what's his name? Killed sure. Basil Shaw. Took the dial with the intention of handing it over to Vola. Indiana Jones crashes the meeting. He manages to get away with the dial. Then the dial is stolen. Basically, as a, a grifter, Helena and her, and her pal Teddy steal it from Indiana Jones. So, maybe during this meeting scene, Teddy takes the dial. Indy tracks Teddy to Helena. Yeah. That could be fun. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Let's do that. And who cares of how, how the criminals got the dial? They just have it, right? Sure, okay. Maybe maybe Indy finds the dial, he gets knocked out, finds out that the criminals have it, he goes and confronts the criminals. So I think you're putting too many steps in there. Okay, maybe, putting too maybe many it's steps just too simple. There. Maybe it's just like criminals have the dial. So, criminals have the dial, Indy crashes the, the meeting, takes the dial, then the, the dial is stolen from him from Teddy. He follows Teddy, which leads him to Helena, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But we get the whole backstory with Helena. You know, she's his goddaughter, so presumably he was there at her christening. <laughs> yeah. So, the last well, time I not. saw you- Maybe not, because you know how you can announce your goddaughter or so yeah, your godfather as anybody. He, yeah, he, exactly. Maybe he finds out he's her yeah. godfather in that moment. And it's like-, like so, who cares? <laughs> Are you Indiana Jones? He's like, yeah, but I don't know you, though. Did I sleep with you? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Were you 12? Uh, and, and she says, oh, no, I, you're my godfather. My father told me about you, da 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 yeah. about your friendship, my, my, my father's uh, Basil Shaw. Oh. I didn't realise you were Indiana Jones. You look way too old to be him. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be that. She's not going to recognise him. Otherwise, she wouldn't have robbed him. Mm. Well, Teddy robbed him, but whatever. Yeah. But so, yeah. this is good. This is cleanish. I, I'm happy so far. So, they have the dial. 
Well, the thing is, the reason I don't think it's a dial, the it's reason I don't think it's the dial, it's a key that will get them to the dial. Because if they had it, they wouldn't need to do anything further. Okay, I like it. So, this is a key that's going to take them into a temple that they open up. Correct. And the dial is going to be this huge- me- Yeah, this huge- Mechanical thing. Yeah, stone mechanical machine, essentially. I love the it. The infernal machine from Indiana Jones and the I infernal machine. I love it. So, when when we said before in the flashback that he gets the dial, he's actually just getting the key to the dial. The key, okay. correct. Cool. Correct. And they'll have some- Sorry, everybody. Backtrack, guys. Especially us listening back to yeah. give ourselves points. So, now that Helena and Indy have the key, they say goodbye to Teddy. Teddy, you, you've, you've outlived your usefulness. Thanks for all the, <laughs> thanks for all the zany one-liners. Goodbye. Yeah. And then, of course, we, we see like the red line on a map. Helena and Indy travel. Well, maybe Indy's like, well, thanks very much, Helena. I'll take this on my own. And then she ends up tagging along against his will. Yep. So, he ends up on a plane. Well, we do see that there's a plane action sequence. So, wouldn't it be interesting if he was traveling where you get the little red line and then something happens on the plane. That'd be great. That causes an action sequence. And we find that she smuggled herself onto the plane. She's hiding in like a, a bomb gantry that ends up opening up. She ends up hanging from it. That's fun. I like it. So, okay, we have that sequence there. Yep, there we go. We fitted it in the there. The plane uh, crashes, basically, but they- They parachute know, out. They, they, sure, they parachute out. Well, they, no, they jump inside a little inflatable raft <sighs> and jump out and somehow land without killing themselves. <laughs> no, they can't do that again. So, I like to imagine Indiana Jones like does the thing where he pulls back on the controls and they manage to land like the, the on-fire plane. Yeah. And they crash and the wings get knocked off and then they end up going through a tunnel at <laughs> the same speed <laughs> as the car. <laughs> wow, they're just doing all the, the other movies. Right. So, where they're going is to this ancient temple that yeah. we see in the trailer. Well, I'm presuming that the temple it would be in ancient Greece, but it could be anywhere, really. Yeah. Oh, there was a tuk-tuk chase in Tangier as well. The Nazis chase uh, yes. Teddy, Helena. And yeah, Indy. There's a car chase, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that right. Scene. A motorcycle chase. Was there a motorcycle? We already had a motorcycle chase earlier in America. But every action scene, every action movie needs a motorcycle. Well, we've had one. Okay. So, we don't need okay. another well, one. We're, we're all good. We're all good. I wonder if they're going to- Because this was my thinking as well. I wonder if they were going to try to copy the beats of the first movie. They might in a loose way. If, if you know, if Vola catches them and says, okay, you're going to go in, you know what I mean, at gunpoint. Yeah, maybe. I don't think they have to do that. But the trailer doesn't indicate that. So, it looks like they're just kind of solving puzzles. Yeah. Avoiding booby traps. If uh, Jungle Cruise is anything to go by, Voller and the Nazis could just follow them as they're going through the temple. Which I think is what's going to happen. Yeah, I think that has to happen. That always happens in Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, so they it's get, never not happened. They get to the end. They see the they see the big machine. Voller appears with his henchmen. Yep. So we have our classic sequence leading up to that point, of course, where it's Helena and Indy going through a temple, mm-hmm. avoiding booby traps. Coming across skeletons. Yep. Uh, and we see that we saw a, like a scene. Yes. A, a, a clip that they released where there's like an Archimedes bath puzzle. Where they have to push big stones into the, the water until the water leaks into a, a strange like a pool. pool. Fills up the pool, releases a mechanism which drops them down into an area below. Well, I think it drops them down into like, looks like underwater. But presumably they can just swim I elsewhere. I don't think it's underwater. I think it's like, yeah, just an underground sort of cave. Okay, system. just an area below. But it's going to be dark and they're going to have to like light a fire or something. Yeah. Like, have a torch or something. Or even a lighter. That makes sense, Matty. <laughs> sure, why not? And so he grabs a bone and then he wraps like a bit of gauze around the top of the bone and lights it. Rats. <laughs> My father wouldn't be able to come down here. And this is going to be where they need to be as well. Oh, we haven't worked in the boat, Captain, either. Oh, right. Uh, geez. Can he? Can we meet him when, in Tangier? Yeah, 
Well, no. How about when the plane lands, they have to travel by boat to get to the temple? Okay. Yeah, I like that. I and like then that. they come across eels, and the, and the eels are like this version of the snakes. Yes, because they had to go underwater, right? And yeah. There's a skeleton. And he goes, eels. Why did it have to be eels? Because I thought maybe that was in the temple, but- <laughs> That's what I thought too. But maybe it is at this point. Maybe, maybe the temple is underwater. Maybe they need to get a boat to get to the coordinates and then sort of- Yeah, it just becomes Jungle Cruise. Dive down. <laughs> I don't know. Try to fit the boat captain. And there's piranhas and in Indiana Jones just punches the piranhas. Yeah. The boat captain's going to be really surly, by the way. Yes. Yes. What was his name? Ronaldo. Ronaldo's going to be very surly. Yes. And maybe there's been- do you reckon he'll betray them? I reckon he'll betray them. Sure. That's exciting. Because we don't know him. Yeah. If we don't know him, automatically means dodgy. <laughs> okay. He, but they, yeah, he betrays them. Yeah. Hey, Vola, I know where they are. Yep. There you go. Done. And that's how the Nazis end up following them into the temple. Yep. Because of Ronaldo's betrayal. Yeah, because he- Look, we're putting the pieces together here. He wants the money, right? Yeah, that's right. We see that all the time in Indiana Jones movies. The good guy is just like, well, they're paying me, so- all right, we're finally getting to the point that you wanted. They've reached the uh, Archimedes dial, mm-hmm. which you said was like a big sort of almost stone machine, ancient machine, yeah. first ever computer. But this computer has one special ability. We can use it to dial back in time. Yes. And then, of course, Voller's uh, big uh, plan is to- What would he do? What, we talked about this briefly. Okay, so I guess it would make sense for him to travel back in time so that the Nazis win and he gets his- What if he wants to travel Nazi back utopia? in time? What if he wants to travel back in time and take the place of Hitler? He's just like, where Hitler screwed up, I'm going to do- I'm going to correct that and become the new Hitler myself. I'll be the leader of Germany instead of Hitler. I'll go back sure. and kill Hitler when he was a baby. <laughs> I do. It's almost a good thing, right? Oh, but he's taking the place. But he's taking the place of Hitler, and he's going to, you know, not make the same mistakes he did, and make sure that Nazi the Nazis end up so ruling the world. He wants power. I, I I like that. I don't. I don't know. Something in me is saying that they're not going to reference Hitler at all. They'll, rem- they'll reference the Nazis. Hitler was in one of the other movies. I know, but I I don't. I just have a feeling that they're not going to mention him. All right. If you don't like my big plan, what's your big plan? Ed? Uh, that he travels back in time and effectively, yeah, I don't know, effectively lets the Nazi party win somehow, some way. How? <laughs> don't know. He says he wants to correct a mistake. Yeah, the mistake was Hitler, and he wants to correct that by being Hitler. Because <laughs> okay. I've got nothing else I'll go with you. Fair enough. It's probably something simpler than that, but it's just such a crazy idea that I could see it happening in an Indiana Jones movie. So, let's just confirm, Indiana Jones' motivation for getting the dial is so that Vola doesn't get it. Correct. Helena's motivation for getting the dial On also Fortune and Glory. Don't forget. Of course, of course. Helena's motivation for getting the dial is because her father was obsessed with it and she wants answers. Yeah. She didn't know her father that well. Mm. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't want a time machine? This is essentially just a time machine, so who wouldn't want one of those? Sure. But I guess the lesson's going to be don't use the time machine. Yeah. It's going to have a circumstance where Vola's going to turn into a skeleton. Yeah. Guaranteed, because he's going to age, like, really quick. Maybe he's going to turn into a baby. <laughs> Instead of, like, at the end of uh, Last Crusade, where Donovan turns into a skeleton, the opposite happens. Like, he turns into a baby, and then just a tiny fetus, and then vanishes. Vanishes into <laughs> thin air. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. I think following the formula of how this usually goes, Vola will use the machine and die, right? Yeah, correct. He chose poorly. He chose poorly. And then, as we discussed before- uh, in order to get Indiana Jones to help him out by getting the machine to work, his leverage, Voller's leverage is he shoots Helena. So, Helena's presumably bleeding out and dying. And mm-hmm. he's just like, you could use the machine to save her life. And of course, he does. Same way that he saved his father's life by using the, the water from the cup of Christ. I like it. And of course, yeah, Voller's going to die using the machine. Somehow. 
Somehow. Well, like I said, ha- I like, we can't have him like turning into a skeleton because no, they've done that. Because we've had that and we've had them being struck by lightning, correct? Well, they weren't struck by lightning. They were killed by like angels. Uh-huh. They were melted by angels. Their skin melted and they blew up. Let's have Vola just catch on fire. Wow, they did that with Kate Blanchett. You didn't see the end of C- uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No, I tapped out. Yeah. Let's have him struck by lightning. <laughs> Let's, Somehow. I don't know. Let's have something. He dies. I like him reversing, like turning into a little, a little kid. That's not going to happen, though. All right, screw it. He does that. That's what we're going to say. <laughs> it's just uh, with a fetus just splatting on the ground, and Indiana Jones runs over and steps on it. He turns into a toddler, and Indiana Jones just punishes him. <laughs> Stand in the corner. <laughs> I'm just imagining a toddler in a little tiny Nazi uniform. It's the cutest little Nazi around. How <laughs> Hitler. He has an imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler, played by Taika Waititi. Yeah, he turns into Jojo Rabbit. But yeah, I like the whole idea. I know I said it myself, but yeah, I I like that (laughs) we've agreed with the idea of Helena being shot Mm -hmm. and then him having to use, Indiana Jones having to use the time machine to to save her. Yeah. Maybe the idea was they were going to try to save Shaw initially, but then they decide they're going to save Helena, use the machine for that. Basil Shaw. Yes. Because Helena's a Shaw as well. Yes, Basil, I mean. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. And I'm just throwing that out there. It could happen, could not. But yeah, it saves Helena. And they decide to maybe- well, Oh, the temple is falling yeah, apart. Yeah, I was going to say, the temple has to collapse. Because we it's can't- It's flooding with water. Columns are falling down. Yeah, we can't use this machine. The sh- machine can't be accessible anymore. So, no. they escape by the skin of their teeth. So, they leave and then a huge alien spaceship rises up out of the ground. Remember no. us? We're part of- We're canon, you know? Yeah. No, of course, the, the dial has to be destroyed in this scene. Using it destroys it, essentially, and, and you have to use it to help mm. save Helena's life. Any sentimental moment at the end of this movie since this is our last Indiana Jones we movie? We find out that Mutt finally finished school. <laughs> he's, there's a picture of him proudly holding his diploma. He's, he's a full-grown man and he finally finished school. Yeah, exactly. Are you proud of our son? Oh, yeah, great. That's our happy ending. That's our happy ending? I'm trying to think what else they could do. What, what? Helena comes around for dinner. Sulla's there. They've got the statue of Marcus Brody's head on the table. Yeah, let's, let's have a Fast and Furious ending where they're all yeah. around the dinner table. There's eating. one seat left and then like CGI Sean Connery comes in even though he's dead. Yeah. Well, you know. As in like got the text, Henry so. Jones Sr. is dead. Mm-hmm. We know that Sean Connery's dead as well, but you know, the character wouldn't come back. Yes. The Who ghost. else would you have turn up? The, go- the forced ghosts of Marcus <laughs> and Henry Jones. They're, just- they're in the clouds looking down yeah. at Indiana Jones just smiling. <laughs> oh, dear. Great. Okay. Um, I think we've got- We're not going to kill off Indiana Jones. We've already decided that. Yes. And we've got to have him have a happy ending with his wife. Will he ride off into the sunset? They like having him ride off into the sunset at the end. I think that's a good idea. I don't think he's going to give Helena his hat or his whip or anything like that. Did he ride off into the sunset? No, of course they're not going to do that. People would be pissed off if he did that. Well, people are pissed off. Let's think of that as well. True. People are not happy with this movie, so- Maybe he does give her the hat and the whip. She's like, all right, see you later. I'm going to become an adventurer now. <laughs> and you can just sit at home and, you know, eat Werther's Originals and be old. You can watch EastEnders as much as you like. <laughs> Wait, that's not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a few years. Yeah. I read it on the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I like the idea of he rides off in the sunset. I think that's- Because every movie ends with him riding off into the sunset. Yeah. Rides off in the and then in the mid credit scene. In the mid credit scene, we see him arriving at home to get to dinner with his wife because <laughs> yes. he hasn't left her. Yes, and Matt has graduated school. Cool. So this plot is shit, but yes, I, I think the bones are there for what could. Oh, happen. absolutely. If it's not what we predict, I would be very happy. I think yeah. if they add something a little, I think I think we got it. I think we have it, but 
They're going to add more to I'm it. Sure That's going to make it special. If they don't do that, and if it's anything less than we predict, yeah, this we're going to hate it. Good. We're going to hate it if it's anything less than we predicted. But if it's more than we predict and it's more exciting than we predicted, which is not a high bar. We're going to be happy, which is ultimately my goal with this episode. We have the structure of how the movie will go, I think. Roughly. Yes, roughly. Because we've just followed the basic formula of every other Indiana Jones movie. So, there we go. We got there in the end. Great. We've done it. Perfect. All right. So, do you, the dear listeners, have you seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Is it as bad as people say? Did you love it? Did you hate it? What were your predictions for the plot? Let us know any of these things at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Or you can just simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. Yes, and let us know your ranking for the Indiana Joneses. Has it yeah, changed? Rank all five. Yeah. What's number one? What's number five? <laughs> really want to know. What is your? What would? How would you rank the four? I think I'd, I know the answer. Yeah, I would say Crusade is first. Raiders is second. Uh, third is Temple of Doom. Skull is fourth. There fourth. you go. That's my exact ranking as well. Even though I really like Temple of Doom. Yeah, I, I liked it too. I think it got a bad rap. At the when time. I was a kid, it was always my least favourite. Mm. And then the fourth one came out and made me realise how much Temple of Doom isn't that bad. Yeah, Temple of Doom was fun. Yeah. And The Last Crusade is the funniest one. Has all the jokes in it. Mm. But that's something they always bring to Indiana Jones movies. I know the same creative people aren't at the helm, but something about making these movies is they'd always be on set trying to think of like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? Or wouldn't it be funny if Indiana Jones did this? Or what if this happened? And that's how they came up with a lot of the gags. So, they, they knew what they wanted to do with the scene, but they would improvise a lot of the stuff. And that's where a lot of the movie's fun comes from. So, I'm hoping they bring a lot of that fun to this movie. Fingers crossed. And like I said, we just did a really vague wishy-washy plot because we actually want to see what happens in this movie without spoiling it for ourselves, <laughs> which negates the whole premise of this whole fucking show. And we're show. trying to keep control of our expectations. Yes. And were, it's so hard. <laughs> we're so dialed back that it's ridiculous. Not excited at all. Let's just go and see a movie and hopefully it entertains us. I actually saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with someone who had never seen an Indiana Jones movie before. And they walked out like going, that was great. Or all the other ones that good. <laughs> I was just like, that good. They're better. <laughs> but if it's your first Indiana Jones movie, I could see like a kid or something. If you like that sort of movie. Sure. Loving it. So who knows what people will think of this movie. Audiences haven't seen it yet. Only critics have, so they're the ones giving it negative reviews. They're sour. They're miserable people. If this turns out to be a terrible, terrible movie, we're going to look so silly in the future. But like I said, dialing back expectations, we will just go in as mature, unconceited adults and just hope to have a decent time. For the first time ever. For the first time ever in the history of us ever. (laughs) All right, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. Of course, we're returning to the world of actual spoilers. Oh, no. And you love the idea of time travel and uh, people aging really quickly. It's quite appropriate because next week we're returning to the world of M. Night Shyamalan, where we're going to see how well we did with predicting the plot of old. Yes. That's right. The movie about the beach that makes you old. Yes. Uh, This movie was mentioned on our best and worst episode. Oh, was it in the best category? It was not in the best category. Interesting. Uh, This is one movie I have not been looking forward to talking about or watching again. I'm just saying Maybe you should read the graphic novel before you see the movie again. So you have something to compare it to. Maybe, maybe, but- Because uh, it was quite a good graphic novel. Yeah? Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was really full on. Pretty it? much is, but still, like, enjoyable. Still uh, I'd recommend reading it before what is Sandcastles, by the way, is what it's called, but I'd definitely recommend reading that over watching the movie. But we'll talk all about that next week. It was another movie that we teamed up to do together, so yeah, we're going to have to see how, how the scales balance. Were we more right than wrong with predicting that one? We will see next week. So, until we return to talk about old- Da-da-da-da! Oh, we're sailing. We're riding off into the sunset. We're riding off in the sunset. That's us riding off in the sunset.
are we gonna do now? They've got guns. <laughs> They've got the pipe. Well, things can't always be the way you want them to be. Sometimes they are.